welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts Chris Noble and Bill Paratzman. In today's episode, we'll be talking about becoming sound healers. Both Chris and I have accepted that particular aspect of our music making and take our responsibilities seriously when we perform in that role. But that doesn't always mean we get all serious and esoteric about it. As we talk about sound healing, you'll begin to understand that you can give yourself healing music for almost any purpose. And we hope you'll accept the invitation to dig deeply into the music you love and begin to apply specific music to specific purposes in your own life. We'll be talking about all that and much, much more, as always, in these open conversations here on Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness. Okay, so, um, three, two, one. Action. Action. Speed. Why do they say speed? So, I've, speeding is a term in film for rolling the sound. Where that yeah. originates from, I forget. There is a reason for it. Um, you know what's really cool, though? The, uh, the devices that they use on film sets to record uh, not only sound, but to keep the sound synchronized with the film, with the video. It's called... Um, a clock basically or time code sorry it's called a uh, time code and there's a, a, an actual device that keeps the audio and the video all synchronized together on set and the way that it synchronizes is it uses uh, crystal just like you would in a crystal uh, hand watch or yeah. things like that so if it's the craziest thing that sometimes these we forget that uh, a lot of our technical devices still come back to these we use these organic materials to still, you know, do high tech things like a crystal, you know, like where does, crystal. where do the computer chips come from? Silicone, right? Silicone comes from crystal. And my love of this, you know, ancient, especially ancient alternative history, there's so much use of these crystals in the distant, distant past. And you got to wonder like, well, were they tapping into the, uh, the way that crystals keep time crystals, um, create energy, piezoelectric energy from crystals and they store information and when i'm walking by some of these ancient sites i'm always like man if i only had the ancient equivalent of a usb stick i could just plug it in and maybe download such download, a different yeah. download all the hidden mysteries of our of our crazy interesting past you know um, how weird i mean to think so cool. right yeah and now they're um well, the clock is probably going to remain the same, although atomic clocks use something else. But um, syncing up with that kind of vibration, isn't that exactly what sound healing actually is? Well, I guess, yeah, in a way, totally, right? You're kind of like synchronizing your body in a way or your mind or your, your, your emotional body with, with frequencies, with sound. Um, and that's probably what they're doing. I mean, we don't really know all of what's going on with sound therapy, which is why sometimes it gets a bad rep, but that's also why it sometimes gets a good rep is because it's just, it's still a mystery, but people walk out of their sessions feeling pretty incredible. I've, I've certainly experienced that a lot it's and you don't know why, <laughs> it, it, you know, it, it never really concerned me, Chris, for a long time. I just go, Oh, you know, I play the piano. I feel better now. Yeah. And without thinking about it too much. But then when I started to think about it, I discovered this swamp. It's there's in the swamp, there's all this stuff. Like there's music therapy in there. 
which is credentialed and board certified and has protocols and only works on certain things and is very, very well researched and evidence-based and all of that. And then in the same swamp, there's the thousands of years of evidence we have around frequency and sound healing. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm just playing Beethoven at the piano. I don't know all this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'm feeling better. So why? And, and of course, science can help explain the part of it that they've been able to research, but there's so much to this. Well, you know, why, the, why have uh, choirs always existed? You know, in the church uh, of all around the world, we have all these chants and singing. And is it just to feel good? Is it just for fun? Or, or is it just for superstitious, you know, uh, religious kind of connotations? Or is there something more as to why we've always been singing, especially singing in groups, creating harmony? You know, why has that existed for so long? Maybe it's because it actually helps us. Maybe it's because it actually does something on our, to our consciousness, to our physical body, you know, and we're just almost remembering uh, maybe a more ancient technology that we used to use to heal ourselves, right? Through frequency and sound. I love the remembering. It's like putting your members back together. <laughs> yeah. Remembered. <laughs> Re, yes, I've, I've now been remembered. But it is reconstruction in a way because from what we know, at least the scientific stuff is things align. And, you know, alignment is better than chaos in Certainly a, for in a really big general sense. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we like being aligned. Uh, I, I've been thinking about things like, um, do you know about CRISPR? Have we ever talked about CRISPR, the DNA editing strategy? Right. Or, uh, we or, haven't talked about it, though. I've heard of it, though. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool to me. I mean, that this can be done. And CRISPR is like, you know, the $1.95 cancer cure because you really can do this gene editing thing very economically. It's like ridiculously economic to do this stuff. And presto, you've got new genes, you know, that don't carry this or that. And um, when I think about the way that vibration works on us, I feel like in some senses, getting a disorganized vibe into an organized vibe to be very broad and non-scientific about it is a similar thing. You know, we know that we can change our DNA by how we express stuff. Thank you. Um, what's his name? The scientist who discovered this and started epigenetics back in the day. Oh, I forget. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we know that's a thing. So if music helps to do that, I'd say that's healing. You know, put me down. I want one of those. <laughs> it's like a gene therapy. Yeah. I mean... But you know, we know music goes way beyond the physical reorganization of stuff, but it certainly reorganizes stuff. And if a if a crystal can do that, we can sync up with, you know, can't really hear a crystal, but we can hear some of them. We bring the frequencies down in crystal bowls. We can hear that. That's some powerful stuff right there. Absolutely. And even um, in my <clears throat> sessions that I do one-on-one, -on -one, my clients, and this happened accidentally, but it was actually intuitively. I, I just thought, I'm like, you know, I'm going to bring my rose quartz crystals just down on the ground while they're lying on the ground. But I didn't think anything of it. And then my client instinctively just kind of grabbed both crystals with one hand and the other hand. And she told me afterwards that she's like, it felt so much better because she could feel the vibration of the music I was playing through the crystals. Yeah. And then they would go into her hand and she was able to absorb even more of the, the healing frequencies that I was generating for her. And that was just by accident, but we just now do it every session. Just every time, yeah, because it feels good. You know, she's well, a that, that tactile she's thing. A, you know, you can hold on to exactly uh, vibrating stuff. That's so much better 
you know, that we, we both play a keyboard, but so much better to play a grand piano because you feel the vibration in your fingertips. Yeah, you acoustic know? guitar, you know, things acoustic like that. Acoustic guitar, just upright bass. Feel it. Yep. Hello, yep. whatever makes that vibration happen. Giant speakers, you know, house beat. Great. <laughs> whatever works. Whatever works. You know, and, and I don't know if we want to wander off into frequency right now, so let's not do that. But but I have a really interesting question for you, which is, and maybe we'll both share here, but how did you become a sound healer? Like, how did you accept the mantle, put on the hat, put up a sign and say, yeah, I do this? <laughs> I don't think there was any official, uh, you know, um, ceremony, let's say, that happened. You know, that's the thing about sound healers, especially. I mean, you can go through sound healing certification, but they'll take you through, much like music therapy, um, a more specific path, and it involves specifically crystal healing bowls, um, using the bowls, and of course, you know, using sound and frequency, but really focuses on that main instrument of the bowls. Yeah. And I don't, I don't use crystal healing bowls in my sound healing. So right off the bat, you know, that's quite different from most of the, well, I wouldn't even know if it's a traditional mode of, uh, of education, but here in Canada, there are, I think, two institutions that teach and certify you in sound healing, and they both oh, cool. focus on the crystal bowls. But they come from a more um, one's at the traditional, at uh, the Institute of Traditional Chinese Medicine in Toronto, and so this is coming from like you know uh, institution that teaches you know qigong and uh, and tai chi and uh, you know acupuncture and things like you know the the, the traditional Eastern. Um, traditional Chinese medicine types sure. of things. And Herbs. that's great. Herbs, you know, all that stuff, uh, like Chinese massage, all that stuff. And um, and once again, I, I, I veered off of that that traditional teaching as well. So I think for me, it was more uh, kind of just happened. Uh, it wasn't really a decision I made to become that. It really, as, as a lot of these things in life, ha you know, they just happen. And so it started for me playing music at old age homes, senior homes, retirement homes, right out of college. I saw how music could just bypass everything in the brain of dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's people. And uh, all of a sudden they're, they're 18 years old again and they're moving and they're mobile and they're singing and they're dancing. And, you know, I would hear from their caregivers like that doesn't happen, you know, that Susie doesn't dance like that or yeah. you know, Dave doesn't like, you know, he hasn't been able to move out of his chair and all of a sudden you're playing an Elvis song and he's dancing. And so I saw firsthand the power of music. And so I always got, I got curious after that. I got really curious and that just kind of led down the rabbit hole of further research. You start to find out about binaural beats, 432 hertz tuning of your instruments, why that's more harmonious for the cells in your body, your DNA, and so on and so forth. So it was really maybe about a year and a half, maybe two and a half years ago, where I got approached by a couple of friends who knew I was dabbling in this stuff, but I still wasn't officially really going anywhere with it. I was just really interested. Yeah. And they're like, you know, could you write some meditation music for me? I'm like, oh, okay. Because these were, you know, practitioners who would be leading other groups and clients and stuff. And they just, they knew they needed music that did a little bit more than just relax. Like, it's nice to have soothing spa music, but, you know... Could we have something a bit more specific? And so I, for those jobs, I had to research more. And then I started to learn, oh, this is how you write binaural beats. You know, this is how you create certain frequencies that, you know, limited, but still some research has shown to be helpful, like we've talked about before, 40 yeah. hertz, yeah. you know, things like that. So I started because of these just inquiries from friends, having to learn more. And much like some of the things that I think people end up getting into that are 
I'm like yourself, Bill. It's a very niche and kind of a pioneered, you know, modality or uh, practice that you're that you're offering your clients. It's the same thing for me. It just it just kind of happens. And uh, so yeah, I just got asked enough, and I had to research to figure these things out. And then uh, maybe about six months ago, I got even more into what an actual healing session would look like because once again I had a friend come to me and ask Chris can you give me a one-on-one sound healing yeah and I'm like yeah. and I was just like okay sure like I'll do the best I can and I'll and I'll put together the knowledge I have and you know I'll put the the 432 hertz tuning together on my piano on my keyboard because I usually play like synthesizers and other tones and textures and then I'll put the binaural beats into it as well I like to sprinkle in a bit of nature uh, sound soundscape because that just relaxes everybody and then I led them through a bit of a yoga nidra type of body scan because I love, I personally love that and I find it very relaxing. And then some, you know, affirmations or, you know, words to reprogram limiting beliefs or things yeah. that are not going well in, in someone's life, which is why they're in the session. And then boom, I have a, I have a, a session, you know, template, so to speak, created because once again, it was asked of me to do it. So I, I don't think I ever made a choice to become this. <laughs> is the long-winded answer. You, you know, were chosen. Really, I was chosen. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of musicians have that opportunity and take it or not. And that's totally cool. Uh, personally, I think the more musicians that take it, the better. Yeah. Even if your job is standing in front of 40,000 people, you know, twice a week, just saying from the stage... Hey, this music stuff, this is some powerful shit, man. And it works. Yeah. If you want to know more, you know, Google music therapy or doing, do something, you know, just like an yeah. advocate for it. Right. Yeah. Because you know, you're standing up there and 40,000 people singing along to your music is powerful. That's, oh, yeah. that's something happening. <laughs> well, that goes back, that goes back to the choirs and the chants. There you go, and yeah. like, that's why groups of people get together and sing because it feels so damn good. Yeah. You know, and we and we know why to some degree, but there's also a lot of mystery as to why. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's harmony, and uh, there's something like you were saying, coherence or uh, alignment, right? When everyone, yeah, alignment. From, everyone from all these different backgrounds and different opinions and different ways of life, but they come together, they all sing. All of a sudden, those differences harmonize together, and you're aligned, and you're you sounding amazing and you're like you're one voice all of a sudden you know one one organism it's it's absolutely special very magical yeah being in that moment is you know whether it's in a church where there's three people you know some chanting or something or thirty thousand people it's just incredible to feel that i mean that that makes me now curious to, as for you bill like what got you into your specific <laughs> modality because i don't think we've actually done our origin stories to this degree plus i'm actually <laughs> i'm curious because i i was there a catalyst moment for you or was it something similar where people were just asking like bill like what what like you know what kind of music should i be listening to right now or like how, how did music care you know evolve because that's actually such a, yeah you know it's such a specific thing like we, we were saying at the beginning of the podcast where these are not things that I don't think any musician goes into music school or into the industry thing. Like, yeah, I'm clearly going to design a, a program and a, you know, a company that helps people choose the perfect music for what they're going through in their life. I don't think that really happens. No, it doesn't happen in music school. I can get, no. vouch for that. <laughs> it's all about playing good. I know. And knowing theory. So um, good question. So I was doing like one man shows for a while 
And somewhere along the way, some friends told me that in their hometown of Santa Fe, New Mexico, there was a guy with a large grand piano and he would have people come in and line to the piano for sound healing sessions. Cool. And I had a large grand piano. I mean, I didn't have a concert grand like this guy did, but I thought, hey, you know, I can, I'll put this on my website. So I did. And uh, I called it music therapy. Oops. <laughs> I should have stayed with sound healing. Yeah. But I called it music therapy and a music therapist out of nowhere came along and said, so what's your credentials? Who did you study with? Where's your degree from? And I thought, oh, I'm in trouble now. And out of great respect for music therapy, I immediately took the page down. I never thought about it again, putting it up, you know, but uh, the, the healing didn't stop. That, that sort of awareness that people are changing when they listen to music is, it gets under your skin. And you want to know why. And so I began to learn at that moment and, and learn more and more about what's going on. And the more I learned about it, the more I realized that, and again, no disrespect, music therapy is incredible. But someone who stands up in church and sings, just somebody in the congregation who sings, is giving themselves music therapy, hmm. whether or not they know it. Now, the therapist would disagree because to have a therapeutic relationship, you know, where there's a, a, a therapy goal and all of that. And, you know, there's like counseling going on and psychological yeah. stuff and whatever. So that's, that's like the, the more um, credentialed side of music therapy, protocols, all of that. And that's, that's amazing. That's wonderful. But someone who's singing in church is doing something that they may or may not understand. And as I began to realize that, I started to notice how many times in my life music has been there to support me. Oftentimes it's an emotional journey. Sometimes it's physical, like headaches are a great thing to apply music therapy to. And I'm using that term loosely. I should probably say sound healing, but it's all right to apply the power of music to. Yeah. Uh, headaches respond really well to that, at least for me. And a lot of other stuff too, like you, there, all that dementia and Alzheimer's research came out and the movie Alive Inside with people who had no effect at all, put headphones on and they started tapping their toes and singing and conversing with their caregivers. This, this is amazing stuff. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know more. And um, I realized pretty quickly that the amount of knowledge that could come from music therapy was specifically limited by the scientific method. There aren't that many music therapists in the world. I mean, compared to other sciences, it's a relatively small number. So to do research and make a living as a music therapist is a, is a big, big deal. turns out it's a big deal for most people. So if you're teaching as a professor somewhere and you, know, you have tenure in a, in a university, you're expected to publish X number of things and that you're also expected to do the research to support those things. And that's like three full-time jobs, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. So, um, and given the state of the world these days, music therapists are busy people. Yeah. And sound healers are starting to be probably really busy people too, because they're looking for any kind of relief. So the more I wandered down this rabbit hole, uh, it started to occur to me that if there was a way that people could learn to sort of unlock the power of music to give themselves treatment, and I'm using that word on purpose, to give themselves treatment with music, uh, then we could really make some progress here. Mm. It really open it up and start to build awareness of how it's not just you know music in your headphones or whatever, or music you listen to at a concert, but there's something else going on. So I've been an advocate of that something else for a long time and helping people to engage with that and then putting together specific ways to engage with that has been the, I don't know, the subject of my life now for 20 something years with music care. And there are lots of ways to do that, as you know. So you, you can come in and passively have a sound bath or you can come in and participate in a drum circle. 
Mm-hmm. Or you can come in and sing together with other people. This recreational music making is what the technical term for all that is. And that's wonderful stuff. And music therapists do that. And, and it's really powerful. But hey, you can drum at home. For a while, <laughs> my wife and I and the kids had all, all had drums. And we do like home drum circles. And um, it was great to watch, you know, kids, middle school, high school age to sort of open up around making music together in the family. I don't know if that's strength in the family or whatever. It, who knows what the results of that are? And there's no longitudinal studies that I can refer to on this. But hey, you feel it. You, you know, it. you feel it. And drumming together with your family is probably better than not, or better than like sitting in front of a flat screen or several <laughs> flat screens, right? So uh, it's been like that, Chris. And and along the way, um, I don't know. At some point in the late 2000s, I guess I figured it was time when a therapist encouraged me to take what I do to traumatize veterans, mm. uh, that I should probably form a more formal organization around this. And so I did, and that's music care. And I've gotten to participate in some amazing um, not-for-profits that are doing this. Guitars for Vets teaches veterans to play the guitar because it helps with post-traumatic stress. Mm. And they've got studies to prove that. And help is, you know, it's a few points better than it was before, but a few points better from uh, $200 maybe guitar, if you can buy a really expensive one and some effort, that's a great improvement versus what we were doing at the time, talk therapy. Um, those who knew about them were using psychedelics, but the treatment for post-traumatic stress has been really a long time coming. Yeah. So um, I got to be in Guitars for Vets for a while. That was amazing. I don't play, but I can tune a guitar and help people learn it. And that was enough to get people started on giving themselves therapy with music. And um, I've you know, been teaching this to at-risk people for a long time. Mm. But the coolest thing is not so much that I feel like I'm in competition with the sound healers or competition with the music therapists because healing happens in a concert. I don't have to be like giving you a healing. You, you're yeah. going to show up and the music's going to work on you. Yeah. But to be able to say, hey, if you want to repeat that, there's a way to do it. It's not hard. It takes a little effort, but is it you and a little effort or is it you and thousands of dollars later with a talk therapist or is it you and, you know, all of us, we were giving black box medications to people who are traumatized. Good Lord. What do you mean? You're going <laughs> to, I know like the, there's the pharmaceutical route. There's so many other, th- oh. there's not some, there's some pretty not great uh, yeah. options that are out there and that, that are still more mainstream in a way. Yeah. And this is what the VA was doing for its own, you know, wounded clients. Anyway, be that as it may, we're evolving. And uh, and here we are now in the pandemic and psychedelics have come full circle and they're coming online and people are understanding that and they're using them with music. So people are starting to get the medical tie-in to the musical vibrational healing world. Isn't that powerful? I mean, that's just that just tees up more business for you and for me. <laughs> it's great from a business standpoint, for sure. And it's also, you know, I just got back from a 10-day tour with a musician friend from Toronto. It was really Right, fun. yeah, tell me about that. It was, it was fun to be playing music, just traditional, good old entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have been... 4-4 four, four time with a beat. <laughs> yeah, I know, like just some classic <laughs> blues and rock music, you know, like nothing, like the, the, the real basics. And it was so nice to just be back to that for a bit. And uh, but on the tour, we did have one day where we played a festival. The artist I was performing with, his name's Tennyson King, and he's kind of like um, his style of music's like John Mayer meets, you know, Jack Johnson, Bonnie nice. Bear, 
Uh, but his lyrics are very empowering. And so even though he's, you know, a traditional artist in terms of, well, we're talking like just musical entertainment here. Right. Um, his music is a, a good example of, once again, he gets everyone singing together. He gets everyone engaged. So you're having that traditional healing experience that you would have at any good concert where you're singing, you're engaged, all that kind of stuff. So that would be his show. And then when we play the festival, he, he you know, we performed... Um, in the evening and then the next day in the morning or actually around noon, um, I co-led a uh, music healing uh, workshop with him as well and he backed me up uh, on this beautiful Chinese guitar, um, traditional Chinese guitar that he ran through some of his uh, guitar effects and it was beautiful ambient gorgeousness. And I led a workshop explaining to people what, you know, what the heck is music uh, healing, sound healing. And then I gave them a little sample where everyone lay down on the grass on their yoga mats. We were yeah. outside. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. And then we just, I, gave, I, I took them through like a shortened, you know, 20-minute journey. And, uh, and then that was that. But we, we incorporated that as a part of the festival because the festival was looking for things like this. And that's another sign. Once again, this is a festival that the, the typical, this is small town Canada in, in, the, in the mountains. And it's mostly like a lot of country a lot of rock, a lot of blues, pretty traditional um, types of music that are that are getting you know played and are getting asked to be um, uh, performed at these festivals. Yet here they are asking for music healing or or being very not only open but being like, oh my god, you guys have um, a workshop that you can offer to show people the healing power of music. Please, like yes, please, we'll pay you. Like like this is a really important thing that we want to have as a part of our festival. So nice. that that shows you where the level of consciousness is now with this is a um like I said very traditional. This is these are not um sometimes you get the festivals that are a bit more, you know, the yogis and the more hippie kind of uh, yeah, polar festival. Yeah, you would expect maybe something a bit more like that. And then that's cool too. Um but this was not that kind of a festival. I want to make this that This is like clear. more mainstream and they wanted very, sound healing. Exactly. This is a mainstream kind of festival, small time but still mainstream. And they wanted sound healing, so that that is a great example of of where we're at right now. We're, we're seeing the psychedelics, like you said, they're coming very much online because now they're legally allowed to be studied, and the results are spectacular with what's going on. So that's becoming more accepted by by the average person, by the mainstream. And so, yeah, we're in a cool golden age right now for for sound healing, and it is it's very exciting. And I, and I learned. For myself on that tour that I, I really the one-on-one -on -one stuff is cool but I love the group stuff a lot more I love doing I, I really want to focus more on the group sound healing because like you said it's that experience that you get at a concert or or in a church where you're with a group of people singing together and that I find can com compound the effects that a normal one-on-one -on -one session would give you now you can go more specific with a one-on-one -on -one session yeah of course, you can deal with you know, like, that person's needs, right? It yeah. can go really, really specific. But uh, with the group stuff, it, it excited me a lot because it was a nice bridge between my old world of just entertaining people at a concert and then now offering the sound of music healing, but for more than just one person. So, um, yeah, really cool to see how that's being accepted now by the average Joe. Yeah, and it seems totally normal. It's You don't have to explain it. You know, people go, no. oh, yeah, sound bath. I've heard of that. What is that like? And when they ask, like, well, what is it? They're not asking, like, this sounds like a load of hog, like hogwash BS, yeah. like yeah. nonsense. 
they're asking because they're genuinely curious. And so that's why I was asked to do not only uh, a music healing, but it was a music healing workshop, meaning the first half of it was just me talking about what on earth it is, how it works, what are, fre- what are healing frequencies, what's 432 hertz tuning, what are binaural beats, all that kind of stuff, because they're interested. And these were people of a whole yeah. variety of ages. We had couple in their 30s we had some people in their 40s 50s 60s i think one person was in their 80s and they and they were the most curious about it yeah so i i was really i was really excited and i was really um reassured i think uh that this is something that's not uh you know going to be a fad this is definitely something that's going to grow and expand so much more in the next coming you know decades for sure it completely has grown i i've i grew up classical right so all of the early concerts I went to, and they're still that way that, you know, you go to the, the temple of classical music and you wear something nice. Well, in San Diego, we wear whatever we want, but, yeah. you know, and now, by the way, you can finally take a cocktail into the auditorium for the oh my know, God, last finally. few years, right? <laughs> so we've been waiting for that. Um, but, you know, if you ever wanted to be anybody, you know, and show off, if you were a big donor, you'd build an auditorium or fund the opera or, you know, that kind of thing. And it's becoming more, um, even in the classical world, more mainstream. I love what con- conductors like um, Dudamel and the LA Philharmonic has done to create a, a complete connection to the community that is all about music. Yeah, it's classical when he stands up, but it's about music. And I'd, I'd even go so far as to say we're kind of in the er- era right now of learning to be our own individual sound healers for those who are interested. I mean, look at Stranger mm. Things. It's The awareness is so profound right I now. Know. And uh, and why not, right? That both Chris and I sort of stumbled into it because we paid attention to what was happening. And that's fantastic. And I know you can get certified to bang on a crystal bowl and be a sound healer. It doesn't really matter. What matters is the intention. And that is the beautiful thing, I think. There's here we are supplying, you know, to this to the demand. We're the suppliers. Yep. But the intention is out there for other ways of... Of, of becoming well. That's really right. what it is. Mentally, right? emotionally, physically. It's like, how do I get well? Please show me. I, <laughs> right? Well, we're, like you said, we're, this world is in desperate need of that, right? There's desperate. so many people that are just uh, really having a hard time of it and, and you know, under, understandably, right? Yeah. And so, and and it's just the, the Western medicine approach is just not cutting it anymore. I think the last two years have really shown that Western medicine is not all it's made up to be. It's not, yeah. it's not this... Um, we are not at this this pinnacle of high tech. Like we've figured it out, we've clearly got it all worked out, guys. Western medicine is going to save you from every every possible thing that's going on. No, actually, if anything, it might be causing a bit of some of the issues too. And we need to go back and actually look at other ways that we can do what we're trying to do through these pharmaceuticals. Yes. And you start to look at other alternatives and then you start to look at history and you go, interesting. We've been doing very different things for literally thousands of years. And as we know, with some of the modalities that have become popular from thousands of years ago, like meditation, like yoga, like, you know, some traditional Chinese medicine, like uh, I, I always like to use acupuncture because acupuncture is completely acknowledged by Western medicine, but... There's nothing physical happening other than poking you with a little, you know, <laughs> yeah. pin yeah. Um, or needle. But like it's the, the the physical thing and the relief and the and the modality that that um, acupuncture is using is the meridians of your body, the energy meridians that are not visible. They are they are non-physical. 
you can't even measure them really. Although there's newer, some cutting edge stuff that is getting close to being able to do that. But this is a modality that you can't measure yet. It is accepted by Western medicine. You can get it on most of your drug plans now with any common, you know, uh, yep. company that you work with. And, and yet we don't know really how it actually works because it's using these energy meridians, non-physical things that happen in our body. But having but said works. that, I'd rather have a, a, like a certified acupuncturist poking pins in me than somebody who just picked it up, you know, because they were familiar with how it worked and they were, they had esoteric knowledge. So there are, there's a place where I'm willing to trust people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But when it comes to poking me with a pin, on, and having said that, of course, my acupuncturist showed me how I could use essential oils and on the same place as the needles, um, reactivate the energy meridian. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, this is cool. Let's get this knowledge out there because, you know, with your ability to treat yourself with music and to, you know, work on the energy meridians, you need a little muscle testing to determine what needs to happen. I mean, you, you almost have a complete self-care toolkit there. Well, we do. We totally do. The problem is, is that's not going to make really a lot of money for some certain companies. Yes, and that's, yes. And so that's big where, pharma. And all, yeah. You know, we get back to that thing because that's, that's really what's stopping, I think, a lot of the progress. But it's so cool because we really are. And I, and I keep trying to, I, I've been saying this for so many years, you know, well before the last two years. I mean, like for the last decade, I feel like for me, I've just been like, I know that we can, we are very... Uh, incredible machines, these bodies, these human bodies of ours are incredible machines. I think we just don't know how to use them properly. I, I feel like we've got a high tech device that we're kind of like banging against the wall. <laughs> and, you know, it's like it's like someone coming across a computer, but not knowing how to turn it yeah, on. They're just what do I do? <laughs> looking at like this, this little device, like this box or this little thing and be like, what the heck is this thing? I think if I do a couple of things, something might happen. But they have no idea. We don't have any idea of the vast potential of what we can actually do and what we can actually just just as ourselves, you know, accomplish. Right. And and that's what these things are showing us is that, you know, all we need to do is lie down and, and absorb some frequency. Oh, wait, right? we can do that ourselves, too. Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Right. And, and here's the thing with recordings made by musicians, people. Hello. Musicians are about to become very valuable in our world. Like, yeah. uh, what is it, John Hopkins, the guy who uh, has made all those psychedelic trip? Yeah, uh, psilocybin journey, yeah, music. music. I mean, yes, go. But why isn't, um, well, and now he's going to be, like your buddy Tennyson. So he's going to be making that kind of music now, too. Oh, yeah. And I mean, he he's now, know, like after we did our session, after we did the journey for those people, too, he was just like, he was pumped. He was like, uh, I want to book more yeah. <laughs> gigs with these things because this is so fun. It's such a different yeah. way of, of, in a way, performing. He loved it. He really enjoyed it. He wants to do more. So I know when musicians, specifically musicians, experience, you know, actually doing a sound healing um, or music healing, whatever you want to call it, they, I mean, it's such a new way to use music that is quite intoxicating. And right? you're like, yeah. oh my God, what? We it can blew me this? away. Like, like you, I got asked so to do something cool. and I don't know, yoga tracks or something. And it was like, wow, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I can make an hour with music and hardly even, you know, breaking a sweat. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, for me uh, doing the uh, breathwork modalities now, like I've been working with some breathwork practitioners and incorporating music into breathwork and it's so fun and it's, it's, it's so exciting. And it's, and it's again, another really cool modality that what are you doing? You're breathing, you're breathing and yeah. absorbing some really nice frequencies, but what are you really doing? You're just it's breathing. breathing, but yet it's doing all this stuff and it's activating those energy meridians and it's 
pumping oxygen all throughout your body and it's getting you literally high in a psychedelic way without taking even a psychedelic. I mean, I've had some of the most psychedelic experiences I've had in the last year have come from breath work, completely sober. Exactly, I mean, right? It's 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 an and when you're doing that, that's it's when you start to wonder like what is our body really capable of? If I'm having literally like what it feels like a mushroom experience without any mushrooms in my body and all I'm doing is breathing consciously with a specific pattern, maybe, maybe not. Like what are we really capable of? So let's let's um, let's talk to the elephant in the room, which is the ethical question. So there, there are reasons that music therapists are credentialed and board certified. They're actually doing a medical practice and there's laws that govern that, right? Sound healing, not so much. On the other hand, you know, like I would prefer to go to an acupuncturist who has been trained. Of course. Just me. You're going to be sticking needles in me. I want to know yeah. you're trained, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sound healing, not so much. So where's the ethical line on this? I mean, there is one somewhere and it's highly individual, but generally speaking, what, you know, where do we make the call on that kind of stuff? You know, that's such a good question, Bill, because sometimes when things, you know, there's a good, there's a reason why we want things to be credentialed to us to some degree. There's a reason why we want, especially with things like acupuncture, when you really are like physically doing something that could go, you know, a, a different way for sure. You're sticking needles in somebody that, that might go into a, a, a negative direction if you don't know what you're doing, obviously. Yeah. Um, so there's, 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 there's very logical reasons why we want to have protocols and, and trainings and stuff like that. But then sometimes what can happen is that it can also really stifle the growth of those things and also really stop people like you and me from pioneering new modalities right because oh because it's not certified or oh it's not you know credentialed and we don't have the right training so therefore we can't do it well no because we want to still we want to still be able to, to pioneer and to create and innovate right, right. so you, you want to have like a balance I feel like because sometimes when things get to um, you know, uh, rule like rules and regulations and all these things start to come up, and then it, and then it becomes also a money grab. Then you have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars to to get these things. When in reality, you can just you know really truly learn a lot of these things yourself for not that much and still be just as effective as anyone who's gone through thousands of dollars of training. So there's a balance in there somewhere, and I don't exactly know what that is, but I I would trust that you know with the way that we're all kind of expanding right now that it would be done in a conscious way at the very least, but. I think that, you know, at the at the end of the day, it's got to happen with with good intention, like you've talked about before, right? It's the intention behind it is probably the most important thing because you can have people that are fully certified and if they're not having good intentions behind what they're doing, then that's still not going to work out well for you. But if you've got someone who isn't certified in a, any of these things, but they have nothing but the purest, wonderful uh, intentions, you certainly have a good chance of these things being um, working out well for you. Yeah, working out. And the, the last thing with, with music and sound healing specifically is that it's a really tough one to mess up and it's a really tough one to, to have hugely detrimental um, repercussions from not knowing what you're doing. You know, if you screw something up with sound or music healing, the, there, 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 there's ways to do it. So, for example, a way that you could screw something up and that it's been something that I'm aware of when I'm doing these things because I, I don't want it to happen because I know it wouldn't be nice is, you know, you got someone in a really relaxed state of consciousness and all of a sudden um, you, you, you drop, you know, the, the mallet on the bowl and it, and it hits something sharp. and Like if you break the theta state or something. Yeah. Just by making, dropping a symbol. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> right. And it pff, takes you out yeah. of it because it would. So I, I've got a, a kind of a story about that. Years ago when I was... Uh, running a small performance venue, I booked a sound healer 
And this was in the middle 2000s. So people that knew about it, knew about it. And this guy showed up and his instrument was the gong and he had a bunch of them. And not only did he have all these gongs, he also had like the Grateful Dead wall of sound. Hmm. He was going to make sure that we heard every nuance of these gongs. And we did. In fact, it got so loud that several people left. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a limit to what the human ear can hear without damage. Yes. Now, I get that. I really do. I understand the power of the vibration and feeling that internally. But I don't, I don't remember if this guy was credentialed or not. That isn't the point. The point is that if, you're, if your modality is threatening <laughs> to someone... <laughs> then this is for you, someone, as you're listening to this, then just get up and leave. I mean, it's, it's really no, it's, it's not disrespectful. It's caring for yourself. Yes. And if your ears can't handle it and you didn't bring earplugs, um, which as you know, the concert promoter, I should have probably provided, you know, save your ears because you only get the ones you've got, you know? And some people have. So one of my, my main client for the music sessions, the one-on-one -on -one sessions, um, she has a range where if I start playing the piano, uh, let's see, C, one, two, three, four, five, C6 on the piano. For those listening, C6 is just like, you know, the bottom of the piano, the first note of C would be C1, then the next octave higher, C2, etc. So when I'm saying C6, that's just where on the keyboard we're talking about. So it's like a higher, mid to high range note. Yeah. If I went, if I, we, we did an experiment before one of the sessions where she's like, when you go up really high to those higher, higher notes on the piano, it actually hurts because she's got a real specific sensitivity to those higher notes. Yeah. I have some people that specifically want to hear those higher kind of twinkly sort of nice sounds on the piano. So we experimented and we found that C6 was kind of her threshold. And if we went over that, it could get a little dicey for her and for her ears because they're sensitive to those frequencies. So I would just make sure I wouldn't play above that. And so that's how I could tailor the situation to her and her specific uh, frequency kind of, let's call it a threshold in terms of where it starts to actually become a little painful for her. So that's going back to what you said, Bill, which is so important for everyone to really have this with any modality, forget like the sound sure, of music yeah. feeling. I mean, this goes for pharmaceuticals. This goes for um, a traditional Chinese, um, any firewalking, <laughs> firewalking, like if it hurts, psych psychedelics, do it. psychedelics, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. If it hurts, if, if it's not for you, then you got to respect where you're at and you got to listen to your body. And we're all different. We're all designed differently. And we, you know, we, we need to know what works best for us. Just like when you're working with your clients and you're trying to find that perfect song, it is different for every single solitary person on this planet, right? right? right. It's not all going to be Kate Bush's running up that hill. Um, you know, it's going to be something different. And so that's why, that's why it's important to always respect where you're at, your body, and to, and to know that at the end of the day, we love to put doctors and scientists on these these pedestals of like godlike status. And although I love doctors and, and scientists, and I and I actually to me there's certain scientists that I look at as rock stars because I think they're so awesome. Oh, absolutely! And I, and I love science, and I and I love our medical you know um, experts like doctors and stuff like that. However, they shouldn't be put on such a pedestal because they make mistakes all the time, all the time, constantly. That's just science. As much as That's any what of it's us. about. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Science is, is at best just trying to get some sort of a grasp on what we think is reality right now. And that changes yeah. every 
minute of every day, let alone decade, let alone century. And so we got to look at things a little bit more, not only realistic in terms of, okay, just because this expert said this to me, just because Chris is saying this to me right now on the podcast, doesn't make it necessarily 100% true. I need to make sure that I still can discern from my own self what is best for me, what helps me, what feels good for me. And guess who knows that the best? You do. You do. I don't. Bill doesn't, and any doctor on the planet is not going to always know what's best for you. You got to still have your own uh, self awareness and 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 be okay with knowing like I like this or I don't like this, and that's both are just as valid, you know. I you make a really good point because about eighty percent of my practice is teaching, and the twenty percent that's actually making sound healing stuff happen, whatever that is, uh, is necessary. You know, it feels good to do that, but until people sort of learn to speak the language and understand how to receive what they're receiving and articulate the effect that it's, you know, so you're, you're teaching people how to um, communicate what's happening to them in a way that is foreign for a lot of us. Oh, big time. You know, obviously in Stranger Things, we get it. But if Running Up That Hill is not your favorite song, you wouldn't choose it. You would choose some other song in that situation, right? That is really meaningful and completely burned into your entire being Mm -hmm. as your escape hatch, right? And um, so helping people to understand what that music is, that's new for a lot of people. I know I like this song, I like that song, it's way beyond like, we're talking about like gut level here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like running up that hill, but it's not the song I would have chosen something else, right? For me, because it's not about like. No, it's right? about something deeper than that. It's it's way deeper than that. And you can see them scrambling, you know, in Stranger Things, they're trying to find the right tape. Like, what is it? What is, what is, what is it? You know, like, and so they're really conscious of this. Well, that's a new awareness that sound healing gives you too, which mm-hmm. is how does this really resonate within me? Am I getting the right frequencies? Is it hurting my ears? You know, th- those kinds of things. I got you to know, do some work, um, ancient history now in the 90s with the guys who were working on debunking the Mozart effect. Remember that whole thing? Listening totally. to Mozart makes you smarter. Right. And their conclusion at that time was it isn't really Mozart because birdsong has the same effect as Mozart. It's those high frequency, not like aggressive high frequencies, but those high frequency things tend to stimulate us mentally. Mm. It's like, okay, well, that's cool, provided it doesn't hurt your ears. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, that's the thing, like, um, and, and with with what we're doing, like with, with Stranger Things is a great example of like trying to scramble around and find that 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 perfect song. Well, it's like you know, once you find that song for for yourself, you know, and you can listen to it consciously, that's where you start to feel these this this power of like it feels like your whole body can just start to, you know, the hairs go up on your on your skin, or yeah. um, you know, you start to immediately kind of uh, get that frog in your throat, or start that the tears start to almost automatically the SMR come. kicks in. And- all of these things start to happen just when you when you really can start to get better at focusing in on that song. And I and I look at you know the character Max in Stranger Things, where the rest of uh, I still haven't finished that season yet, but for the for the next episodes, she's literally got her headset on and she's got that record or that tape on loop just yeah. so that she can stay alive, stay safe. But you, you kind of take that out of the the show context, and I I start to see like. Isn't that going to be, in a lot of ways, our future with with this, where people will just be like, oh, I got a headache. Hold on. Let me just put my headphones on. I'll put on my uh, headache CD. Right. <laughs> you know, not right. CD, obviously, but like, uh, you know, sounds or, 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 or uh, Spotify accounts that have like all these modalities that are perfect for headaches. Okay, great. I'm going to listen to my headache music now, you know, and get rid of my headache instead of popping an Advil. I'm going to put my headphones on and do the exact same thing. Like, that's what I see 
being more of the future is just this way of uh, putting on the headphone and, and, and letting that be the, the, the medicine, so to speak. Right there with you. And, and preparing ahead of time, you know, because probably none of us are ever going to be captured by Vecna and need a song to escape. <laughs> But I hope. I hope, right? But the, the symbolic journey there, the shadow journey, the hero's journey, what's your music for the shadow journey, right? Yes. Uh, what's your we music for compassion? A... What's your music for headaches? What's your music for, you know, when your kids trigger you? What's your music for um, for making love? There, there's so many things here yeah. where just becoming aware of the music that really supports you and the thing that you're doing, whatever that is, um, is, is the big opportunity. I mean, people ought to become song hunters, you know? Go out there and, and what is your what is your music for compassion, Bill? Oh gosh, I don't know. Let me find out. I, I haven't thought about that. And then you have to figure it out. Like, what is that deeply ingrained song that is that just lights you up when it comes to offering compassion? You know, or what's or, your song for anger? When you're or really what's your song for off? anger? Yeah, right. Like, let's and every else, everything else in between. I mean, that's that's the beauty, right? Like, we have we have a, a, a gold mine here of of uh, so much some, of something that we can just use to, pr to pr pretty much help us with anything going on and and that extends into our physical um, modalities you know part of what i'm doing with my client is is helping her through the main reason she's with me is because she's she was going through and continually but actually has gotten a lot better going through a very difficult physical um, time like dealing with a Cancer and, and a couple yep. of other really difficult modalities, yep. diff different difficult things happening to her physical body, yet she's coming to me for sound healing because it's helping so many parts of her healing journey with those things. What is it doing specifically? Both of us have no idea. She's a scientist herself, interestingly enough. And yet we both know that the results are speaking for themselves, you know, and that she's doing a lot better and something's happening. As, as we've joked about in some of our sessions where she's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Chris, but it's something's working. Something's working. Like I, we yeah. still both don't really know what it is, but something's working. And that's the cool thing that it's like, this is going beyond even just all the emotional things we're talking about. Like, yeah, you're going to have a song or, or a sound or a specific frequency for all the emotions, all the feelings we go through in our lives, all the journeys. But we're also going to have uh, sound and music for all the different physical things. Like you said, you know, recreational, fun things, or, or health things, physical things, even like pain, physical pain relief, um, your in different internal organs that are having problems. Well, there's certain frequencies that do resonate with those internal organs and why not tap into that, right? Exactly. So this is endless. This is literally infinite what we can be doing with these things. And, you know, interestingly enough, some of my research into ancient history, ancient alternative history, when I was in um, Egypt, there was some local Egyptologists who like to talk about Egypt from a much different lens, not the Western perspective that we get taught in school. But um, in Egypt, they don't even, the, Egypt used to not be called Egypt, it used to be called Kem or Kemet, the land of, uh, I believe, the black sand or something to that effect. And um, what they taught me about was that these people were, again, highly advanced, and this is this all different uh, perspective on who these people were. But one of the cool things they showed me in one of the areas I was in, just outside of Cairo, was an ancient healing chamber. And they said that the, um, the people who wanted to be healed would lie down on this granite, granite with crystal, of course, this crystal granite uh, block. And they would lay down, and then in this a separate room, the doctor of the time, the healer, would put his hand, his or her hands on two granite uh, pillars, 
um, sort of like rectangular pillars that come out of the ground and then lead into the other room where the patient's sitting on the, the granite slab of, of, of cool. like a bed almost. And they would literally somehow be either sending, let's maybe call it Reiki energy for lack yeah, of a better yeah. term right now, through the granite, through the crystal granite um, pillars into the other room and then it would come through the bed, the crystal granite bed that the patient's lying on and it would do all sorts of things. And it, and it looked like an ancient yet maybe more high-tech version of what we would see now in a very high-tech operating room where they're in a different room with the machine doing all the operation, the cuts and the, the, the stitches and all the other things. And the doctors are, are operating this machine in another room. It's like that equivalent, but in the ancient past. And what were they doing, though? They were using vibration. They were using frequency. They were using all these different things. And this is coming from you know some really uh, interesting wisdom keepers from the from from Egypt or the land of Chem. And I was just thinking then uh, when I was there, I'm like, wow, you know, isn't that interesting that once again we're coming back into this remembrance of of things that I swear we've already known about, and we go in cycles. I think a lot of the time, and right now we're kind of com- we're, re- 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 we're going back, or we're 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 coming into a, an interesting new version of this old way of 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 learning uh, and of and of healing through sound and frequency and it's cool now because we're going to have the new high tech world that we live in mesh with this old you know frequency based you know body based way of like we all have the abilities to heal ourselves within ourselves but we're going to have that and all the cool tech to help us get there as well so we're in this really fun age of you know, I'm not against technology. I think technology is awesome. And I just think it's going to be such a cool fusion of these ancient practices and our new kind of versions of those practices fused together. Definitely. Completely agree with you on this. It's so awesome to see the ancient being delivered in the modern high-tech way. I mean, you mm-hmm. can get any music you want. I mean, seriously, you can get any music you want yeah. online. And we didn't have that 30 years ago. Even we started ago, to have maybe. it 20 years ago, but yeah. now it's like anything. And, um, and yeah, okay. So there's a lot of it out there, <laughs> you know, but you can make sense of it. We've got tools for that too. And, and if it hurts, stop is kind of like the ethical yeah. mark in the ground there. If it, if it's not, then, you know, play around with it. Get, get yeah. curious. Yeah. And I know you've got to go, buddy. Um, let's pick this topic up again and sort of unpack it a little bit more deeply. Because, I like it. Uh, there's such, uh, there's such a need right now. Anyone, literally anyone who wants to become a sound healer, you can start with yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's how Bill and myself definitely started our journeys. It was, this all came because I needed it. You know, I was in desperate need of many forms of therapy and music. Uh, I know for both of us has always been our, our number one since we were kids. Yeah. Um, but then expanding on that, looking into binaural beats, all these other things, you know, I, I, I did all of that because I needed it first and foremost. And uh, you're right, you know, this is something we should definitely expand upon. And for those listening, I think one of the main maybe takeaways from this episode I'd like to leave you with, and Bill, you let me know what you think too, because we, we did talk about a lot of good stuff here. I would say one of the main takeaways is, is yeah, you know best. You know best what is going to work for you. Have fun with it. Experiment with it. Enjoy it. But also trust yourself. And, and we got to get it to a point, I think, where we trust ourselves a lot more than we, we give our trust away, I think, a lot in the society. We give our trust away, again, to the doctors, to the scientists, to the government, all these institutions. And, you know, there should be some form of trust, although, you know, that's another conversation of itself, why we might not trust those institutions as much right now. But I think at the end of the day, no matter what, no matter what's going on in your life, I think trusting ourselves is so important. 
So here's a great exercise in being able to trust yourself, which is go experiment with all these different modalities. See which ones work for you. Sure. And the ones that don't, don't feel bad about it. Yeah, don't you feel know, bad. Just, just because it works broken. for us, <laughs> you're not broken. Just because it works for Bill, just because it works for me, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And that's okay. F- find out what works for you and just trust yourself in your own journey and your own almost barometer, right? To be able to to understand what uh, what does and doesn't work for you. And hey, you know, if you've got questions, if you're listening to a particular artist, a particular song, reach out to the artist, you know, like start hitting them up and say, I, I was listening to this, by, and it did this to me and, and you know, help me understand and, and see where that goes. Because I think that's a common endeavor. We're all interested in why these things work, right? And they don't work the same way all the time. And, you know, it's going to be ages before science catches up. But in the meantime, do your own inquiry. Yeah. Right? And certainly I, I, hit us up if you have yeah, questions Yeah, hit us up. Uh, we're here for questions. We're pretty public about this stuff and happy to take your questions. So, um, you know, online, in person, over the phone, Zoom, whatever, just you know, find us and we'll be happy to help. Absolutely. And we won't get too heavy. I promise <laughs> you that. We're fun guys, I swear. <laughs> we're fun guys. Yeah, we're not going to be all somber sound healing. We're still, kind we're of, still you know. musicians at the end of the day. And Chris, I was in this recording session last night, and I'm like wearing normal stuff. Like I'm wearing stuff like I'm wearing now. And, and the videographer looks over at me and says, Bill, is that what you're wearing? I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm wearing. He's like, you're not going to put on any kind of like Buddhist robe or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it isn't, guys, it isn't really like that. You know, I just, I'm, I'm the, the gateway. You know, music happens. And I'm not interested in being, you know, your guru, like Tony Robbins says. It's, it's about you as yeah. you're listening and what effect that has. If it's not my music, it doesn't matter. Find somebody else's music that works. You know, it's no pride of ownership. It's about your healing. And that's, that is the point. That is the real point. Couldn't agree more. Thank you for listening in on our conversation and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like, share, or subscribe. Discussions of music, healing, and consciousness is a practice of spontaneity, and we welcome your comments, ideas, and questions. There are ways to connect with us in the show notes, so let us hear from you. Until next time, this is Bill Protzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Samara Huchaya!